so my name is Kurt. I'm here with my wife, Katie, and my two boys, uh, Max and Derek. They just turned eight. And uh, we have been in the Dominican Republic since 2011, uh, going on our 12th year. Now, just getting started on our 12th year. And uh, for 10 years, we've been coming here and sharing what the Lord has been doing. And it's been very easy to uh, share what he's done and, and the things that he has accomplished in, in building and in teams and in, in students. And, uh, and this year is no different, except for this year was a very challenging uh, year. And I'll be sharing a little bit about that. Uh, there's three things that we'll be talking about today. Uh, first is just what is new in the area of construction and with our staffing. Number two, what the Lord has been teaching me over this last year, over a difficult last year. And three, just some of the less visible but ultimately more important things uh, and ways that the Lord is working through freedom. So uh, 2022 has been a year that has been hard to recognize uh, what God is doing and hard to see some of the growth in freedom as in opposed to some of the previous 10 years that I've come and shared. And sometimes I find myself saying, is this really the plan? God, is this really uh, what the vision was? Is this really what is best? And even, Lord, are you still working? And, and we had those days. Now construction has continued to move forward. Uh, if you see behind me, uh, you'll see a picture of the recent classrooms that we put up. That whole second story is new. So we insta- uh, built five new classrooms onto the third wing of the school. We're now up to 42 classrooms there in the in the octagon, which would be an eventual as in completion would be 72. So about 30, uh, 30 left to build. Uh, this has equipped us to be able to expand into our high school program where they'll be transferring classes more and also starting to get into some vocational style classes. So we're excited about that. Uh, we are also up to. Uh, 34 missionary apartments now. If you see the uh, next building there, uh, the one on the left is one that's still currently in construction. Basically, the entire shell is finished and the inside is now being done. All the finishing work, cabinets and all those uh, plumbing and electrical and all those types of things are being done. And um, those apartments can be used. They are two bedroom and one bedroom apartments. And so those can be used for teams, for interns, uh, for new missionaries coming down, and for a variety of different uses. We also added an additional basketball court and four-square area to the playground, which was fun. Uh, Our boys have really enjoyed that, right, Max and Derek? They like to rock the four-square. So if you come down, you may have to play some four-square with them. But that's been a fun, uh, a fun area for our students, just an additional playground area, just a concrete pad, basketball uh, hoop and things like that. But it's the small things that make the difference, right? And keep, uh, keep the kids playing during the recess time, not killing each other out there. Um, not that we ever have any fights or anything on the playground. Um, we've also been working a lot in the maintenance area. So many of you who know Josh Simos, it is actually head of maintenance for the school and just all the grounds. And so he has been doing a really great job just cleaning up 
the the whole campus just in general. If you've been down there in the past, you probably saw lots of piles of stone and 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 block and you know piles of dirt everywhere and holes. And uh, a lot of that is getting cleaned up, and we're 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 really happy uh, with how the campus is starting to look how we had envisioned uh, many years ago. Sidewalks and trees planted, and and so that's that's been. Uh, really nice. We've also improved on our trash systems and um, installing more solar panels, which the entire, basically the entire roof of the school is now full of solar panels, one of the largest uh, systems in the country. And um, uh, all those things are just, are just part of cleaning up and, and shoring up some things that we ha- had started before. But uh, as a ministry, we've also had a lot of loss over the last two years. We had, and we were very f- thankful that seven missionary families had decided to move down over the last two years. But we've also had eight now missionary families decide to go back. And so that was a, a big loss for us as a ministry. Now, most of those reasons, most people say, uh, kind of wonder what, what was going on. And, and really, a lot of that was health issues and then also some family issues back in the States. So most of them actually didn't really want to leave, but were almost forced to leave uh, be, from things that were just out of their control. And so that was very hard to, uh, to deal with. And it did leave us a lot of us kind of reeling because you see some of the things that the Lord is doing and you, you see the growth and you anticipate the needs that we're going to have as far as staffing. And then all of a sudden, it seems like at the Lord's hand, uh, we lose a large portion of our staffing, a large portion of what we thought we were going to need in order to grow. And, uh, and that was hard to deal with. And again, you start asking, Lord, what are you doing? Are you still working? Is this still the vision? Is this still the plan? Not only that, but we also had a mass exodus of Dominican teachers from a program that they had called Concurso, which was this program where the, where the, um, the Ministry of Education allows the opportunity for more teachers to pour in. I believe that was probably because of a lot of loss of teachers over the COVID time. And we ended up losing basically every single one of our lead teachers from first grade to eighth grade, except for one. Max and Derek's teacher, Emma, stayed in second grade. And that was extremely tough because basically you can imagine putting in about 10 substitute teachers throughout the entire school. And uh, you've, you've, you've had a substitute teacher. You know how you treated them when you were a kid. Okay. Don't, 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 you, you can't fool me. I know how you treated your substitute because I did the same thing. Um, and so that really made my job in the discipline office pretty interesting for a solid six weeks where we were running all over the place. And again, we continue to ask ourselves, uh, is this God's plan? Is he working? What is going on here? And um, some of these teachers we had invested in for one to even five years, some of them seven years. And that's a lot of investment. They were really starting to operate on their own and they were really starting to do a good job. And then you lose them and you say, Lord, what are you doing? And as I started contemplating these things, I was reminded uh, of two accounts in the Bible. First, the, 
uh, account of Joseph in the Old Testament, and then second, the account of Paul. Now, kids, can you guys tell me some of the uh, trials that the Old Testament Joseph maybe would have seen? What were some of those big trials? Can I? Can you guys shout out some big trials that some of the that uh, Joseph would have went through? What were some of those things that he had to experience? Anybody shout one out? Do you have any brave kids out there? What you got, Max? Oh, thrown into the well. Don't let, don't let my kids show you guys up. No. Come on, I know you guys know the story of Joseph. Thrown into the well, what else happened to Joseph? Max, you can't answer them all, buddy. You got, you got one? Shout it out. Yeah, I got thrown into jail, right? He was enslaved in Egypt, too, in, in Potiphar's house, right? And uh, betrayed by his brothers, forgotten in jail. A lot of stuff happened uh, in Joseph's life. And I'm sure Joseph a lot of times had that question going on in his head. Was this the vision that you gave me originally? Was this what you were doing when you uh, gave me that vision? Is, is this really the plan? I mean, he did follow the Lord. We know that, right? And everywhere he went, the Lord made him successful as he walked in faith. Through those trials, but that was a long time sometimes. Sometimes he was probably walking in that for a really long time through some dark trials. And, uh, and he was asking himself that question, I'm sure. Is the Lord still working? As he continued to walk in faith. You look at the story of Paul and you see, uh, you see in this passage, uh, it's specifically... In 2 Corinthians 11, and I'm going to pull up here and, and read together. And he mentions, there we go, sorry. Phone's not as fast. He mentions some of his trials that he went to, that he went through. And you could easily ask, uh, what was going on here? He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more, I, I more so in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death, Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. And we say, it must have been because the Lord wasn't with him, right? That's, that must have been what was going on in Paul's life. The Lord wasn't with him. The Lord wasn't blessing him, right? He probably wasn't following after the Lord. No, we, 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 of course, we know that's wrong, right? We know that Paul was following earnestly after the Lord, that the Lord had given him a vision of how he was supposed to carry out the, the gospel to the Gentiles. And through all this, 
all these trials. And you don't you, you have to think that he was thinking sometimes in his head, Lord, what's going on? Are you still working? Is this still the plan? Now, I bet both of them, you know, were asking that question a lot as they went through different trials. And sometimes this hardship could be from our own disobedience. I know that. Um, we know that in, like, in the story of Jonah. Um, and it could even be at our own hand, just uh, sin, um, of course. But in these stories, and I believe in our story, I think uh, the Lord is not up there saying, Wow, what's going on? I, I didn't see this happening. And super surprised about, about the different trials. Like the Lord knows what we're going through. The Lord knows what your trial is. He's not surprised. He's not taken, uh, taken aside and saying, man, I just, I just don't know what to do. I mean, I had this plan. I had this vision. But uh, wow, with this, I'm just, I'm just not sure how I'm going to solve that. The Lord is in control. He knows what's going on. He knows what you're going through, and he's walking in that. And as he said in the story of Joseph, he's using those things that were meant for evil for good. And um, we see this in uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, how we walk in this. 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Which, that's a really thing, a really hard thing to do. To trust in the Lord when it doesn't make sense to you. When, according to your understanding, it doesn't quite seem right. It doesn't seem like, like the Lord really knows what he's doing. But yet, at the same time, we have to trust in him with all of our heart. We can't lean on what we understand and, and how we perceive the situation And six follows up with another hard command. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Submission is not something we like to do, right? When when we have to pass through a trial and submit and that's in in that scenario, submission is not something that typically we want to go through. And just the act of having to submit in general just shows you that. That was not our understanding of how the situation should should be going. That's the act of submission, doing it even when you don't want to. And so not leaning on our own understanding and submitting to what the Lord has for us and walking in that in faith. That's the task that we're called to as believers. And I believe that our staff and leadership uh, at Freedom is making every effort to walk in the Lord and follow his leading. And I do pray that this would be evident to people as a testimony, not to the, just the people that we work with, but to all the guests that come down to freedom last year, that they would see us walking in faith through trials and through the difficulties, that we would continue to lead on, lean on him. But I would be lying if I said it wasn't hard. And if there were days where uh, I'm not as successful in that, in walking in faith. I'm not as, fill, not as filled uh, with faith. But is God working? To answer that question, I think it's a definitive yes. Yes, he is working. We know he's working. And I'd like to share just a few ways, uh, three ways of how I have seen him working this year through some of these scenarios. Number one, think to yourself, where are all those Dominican teachers now? 
that left our school. Those 10 Dominican teachers that left, that received worldview training, had received curriculum training, had received classroom management training, where are those teachers now? Those teachers are now in the public school system. And yes, it was hard for us to lose them, right? But sometimes we see the picture through this tiny little keyhole when the Lord is looking at things with wide-angle lens. And we're saying, oh, we want them for ourselves, right? We want freedom. This is the vision. But the Lord is saying, this is the vision, actually. The vision might be all of the Dominican Republic. And so we're just praying that those teachers now are going out and using that new worldview to impact those public schools and in, impact more and more students. Maybe they're impacting other teachers. Maybe they're training other teachers now. Who knows what doors will open for them. This year, we were also able to be more intentional uh, with our bus drivers and construction workers. As things were pulled back, as school was canceled, as, as uh, uh, classes were canceled, that allowed more opportunities for us to reach out into the community and do a lot of training and being intentional with our staff. We also had one bus driver come to the Lord this year through some of that training. Uh, Katie had a lot of opportunities to do financial training and do um, uh, biblical worldview training with her staff members. And so that was ways that the Lord was working through maybe a scenario which didn't quite meet our expectations. And then thirdly, through our students in the school. And I just have one student in particular that I'm going to share about today. And her name is Hennessy's. If her picture comes up, there she is. Hennessy's is a sixth grader. She'll be moving on to the seventh grade this year in just a week now. And Hennessy's, since she was three, she has been a frequent visitor in my office. If you're saying this sounds a lot like the story that I shared on Friday with us, it, it is very similar because I do have a lot of frequent visitors in my office. But Hennessy's is one of them. Hennessy's come from a very difficult uh, family, have had many document, documented cases of physical abuse. And she's been burned, bitten, whipped, um, verbally abused. She was on four suspensions. On the year, was working her way up into two, three, and four-week out-of-school suspensions. It was really not looking good for, for Hennessy's future. She has a younger uh, sister as well, Hasey, in fourth grade that was following right up of her footsteps. And a first-grade uh, brother that was also following in her footsteps. Um, and so uh, these, these, this family was not doing well at all. And Hennessy's was in my office one day after quite a uh, quite an interesting day that we'd had. And she was sitting across from me and she was telling me that she really does want to change. And I could see it in her face that and, and I actually did believe her. I could see that she really did want to change. And she was starting to really recognize her need, which was something new. It was always so divisive before. She was really not receptive to, to counsel. But today, that day I could see in her face that she really was uh, recognizing her need for change and wanting to change. And I told her, you know, Hennessy, it's great that you want to change. But the reality is I'm going to send you back up to your classroom 
And I'm going to see you right back down here again. If it's not today, it'll be in a week. You, in and of yourself, do not have the ability to change. I said, but I have good news. I have good news. There is somebody that has the ability to change you. And that's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I said, um, I said, by focusing on a relationship with Jesus Christ, you stop walking in the fruits of the flesh, walking in the flesh, producing fruits of the flesh, and you start to walk in the spirit and produce fruits of the spirit. We learn about this in Galatians 5, 16, 16 through 25, where it tells us how walking in the flesh produces fruit, fruits of the flesh and walking in the spirit produces fruits of the spirit. And so I started to encourage her. I said, I want to encourage you in three disciplines to start to walk step by step with the spirit. Number one, I said, I want you to connect to Jesus through reading scripture. Start to learn God's word. But don't just check it off, right? It's not just a check. Yes, I read my 15 minutes today. But you do it in order to connect, in order to be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit, to connect with Jesus in a personal relationship. Number two, connect through prayer. Go to him in prayer on a daily basis and connect to him spiritually and and intimately. And also to connect through fellowship with other believers, right? Just like we're doing today. This is so important in our spiritual life to connect with people, not just on a weekly basis on Sunday, but through all the week as we live in, in fellowship and community together and encouraged her to do those three things. And she did it. She started doing it. Every day I would follow up with her and I'd say, Hennessy's what you'd read today? And we would talk about what she read. I started her in the, uh, the Gospel of John and we would talk about what she had learned. And the difference was absolutely miraculous. I cannot tell you the difference on her face. If you knew Hennessy's before, you would say, who is this girl? She became almost unrecognizable to her, to her teachers. She went three months without having a single discipline uh, action taken against her, which is miraculous in and of itself. She had a different face as she arrived to school. The normal scowl, the normal not wanting you to touch her or hug her or look at her or say hi to her, that was completely gone. She was arriving, giving out hugs, saying hello to everybody. It sounds almost too good to be true, but the gospel is kind of too good to be true, although it is true. The gospel is true, and it really has life-changing power. If you lead people to Jesus, Jesus can actually change their life, and he can change your life, too. He's changed my life, and he can change your life. And the more that you learn to walk step-by-step with him, the more he's going to start to equip you with the fruits of the Spirit. On my next slide here, this has kind of become the, the theme of my office trying to teach students how to walk step-by-step in the Spirit and to, and to produce fruits of the Spirit. Every time they come in, they fought 
or they've had a difficult situation with their teacher or a difficult situation with their student. I try to help them identify which fruit are you not experiencing right now? And then what is the answer to start experiencing that fruit in your life? And the answer is a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. So um, is God working? Yes. Has it been a very difficult year for us at Freedom? It really has been. Um, and thank you guys for your prayers and your support in that. You know, some of these events are hard to understand uh, as we've at losing eight families, one after another, after another, after another. It seems like every other week someone is announcing that they're going to have to leave. But this is part of walking through the Lord, through all circumstances, right? Through all trials, trusting in him and leading not on our, on our own understanding. So I'd like to just pray. Uh, to close, and then I do want to open it up again for some questions, and then Sean or Phil can kind of like pull the hook uh, whenever they're ready. Okay, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for just the opportunity to be here. Thank you for what you're doing in my life and in the lives of all the students at Freedom's Christian School and for the lives of each member here at Aletheia. Uh, Lord, you are um, so powerful. You are so good to us, so graceful. Uh, uh, We have absolutely no power in and of ourselves to produce your fruits, Lord. Help us to walk step by step with you so that we can start to experience more of those fruits in our lives. And then help us then to lead other people to walk step by step with you so that they may also, too, experience your fruits. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So now this is your chance to ask me all the things that I didn't talk about, like groups and teams and interns or anything that you have questions about life in the Dominican or anything that you might be interested in. And if I don't like your question, I just won't answer it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So Pastor Sean asked about just the general morale and how that has affected us as as the families have left, and, and it has been. Yeah, I mean, you can see it on the faces sometimes and in those team meetings where we come together and another family announces that they're leaving and, uh, you know, just kind of one after the next. And, and it was demoralizing. And you can just pray for team unity and for leadership and wisdom moving forward. Uh, uh, Scott Michener, who's the president there, uh, now and just our leadership staff and, and all the men uh, that that are that are leading that we would just pull together in unity and continue to follow the Lord's vision there, trusting in Him, leaning not on our own understanding. This is really what the Lord is teaching me and what what I want to learn better. Okay, so Bill asked about the teachers that left. Do we have Phil? For those backfill for those and then also um, our relationship maintaining relationships with those teachers that left so we have always had a training program there with our teachers and we like to have them for at least a year before they actually take over so we basically have almost double the amount of teachers that we actually need to have part of them are in training at a lower salary and then they take over their classroom and so we moved a lot of those teachers in, but obviously it was super premature. And we were uh, basically just having to be in the classrooms with them. 
uh, Angie Michener was doing three or four classes worth of lesson planning for those teachers, and Tony was doing that, and Julacy, uh, if you know her, she was doing that, and so uh, that's kind of how we manage that. So yes, we do have the teachers, we do have enough staff, um, but it's it's the training of that staff. As far as the um, teachers that have have left, some of our other Dominican staff have relationships with those teachers and are and are maintaining contact. But I personally don't, but there may be some of our other missionaries that have had some contact with them. I don't know if there's any plan to have any follow up with them as far as uh, training or anything like that. But I, I would highly doubt that. Um, but there may be chances to continue relationships. Okay, so we have 496 students right now at Freedom. Uh, and we that leads me to another thought. We are freezing enrollment this year. And so we are not going to be bringing in our third grade or our three-year-old class. So it is going to stay at 496 instead of bumping up another 30 or 60 uh, students. And that's just a result of the teachers and the staffing, primarily. So, um, so yeah, it's great. The Lord has still given us 496 uh, lives to impact every day. And the school is our largest tool for discipleship. And we will continue to try to use that uh, with, those, with those students. Right, yeah. Phil was just making the comment that it really is just more than those students as well. You guys know living in a small community how the school kind of impacts the whole community, parents and and grandparents and and just the whole community in general. And and we do we, we did specifically select a school for that reason because it's not only the students that we're trying to reach, but it's it's mom and dad as well, it's brothers and sisters. And and many parents have came to know the Lord through our relationship with them through their child. And every single time that a parent has to come into a school for discipline, guess what? They're he- hearing they're hearing that, uh, that presentation to their child. And then I also offer that to the parents. So that is, uh, uh, the students are the focus, but the impact is, is broader than that. Yeah. In the school, there are more girls in the school than boys, but the numbers are pretty even. Yeah, the numbers are pretty even. Good question. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do my little before and after this year, did I? Um, so he he talked about giving a little before and after, like what it looked like when we first started to where it is at now. And it is awesome because it's an awesome picture of, of, of what God has done. When we first started, we had just six uh, adult missionaries and we had no uh, no assets, no physical assets down there. We had our apartments and our own personal vehicles. And that's how we started VBSs and started the schools. We used a borrowed school building out on the uh, plantation, and uh, which was a, a tin church. And we did school out there for three years like that, driving out, taking all of our stuff out there every single day, setting up all the tables, all the supplies. And that's how we did school uh, for three years. We bought the land then and, and, and started that building in 2013. And uh, and did our first school year in 14 there. 
And so all that construction there, the Lord has done all of that in, in about seven years. Um, so, and that's all debt free as well. That's all completely paid for. So it, it is amazing what the Lord has done. Uh, at one point, we were up to almost 100 uh, missionaries uh, down there. So, uh, with in, including children. Uh, but yeah, it was um, it was growing exponentially, and it was awesome to share what the Lord had, had was doing. Um, and so that's why this year this year did have a different feel because because of the teams leaving. And I mean, obviously construction was still going on, and and the Lord is is still moving in that direction. It's just almost been kind of like a pause button a little bit. So yeah, ninth grade. Yet, we'll be starting ninth grade this year. Okay, so she's asking, like, basically how we step those students through and if they would ever, like, get out of our school system. So, no, like, those three-year-olds that started with us in 2012, January of 2012 was our first day of class, they are now turning into our ninth graders. So, those are now our ninth graders. So, those same kids are now becoming ninth graders. So, every year, every year they go up. Now, we do have some of that. We do have some students that will come in. Maybe we have a student leave, their family moves, or for whatever reason they leave. And we'll have somebody come in in some older grades. We prefer not to have that happen because at a certain grade, they just can't catch up. Um, Our school is significantly farther along than any of the public school in our area. Uh, So our grade level is two, three, four times uh, or four levels ahead of what the public school is doing. And that's just in Spanish. English is a whole nother subject that they're not getting at all in the public schools. And so to come in when our students are fairly fluent in eighth grade, at that point is basically impossible because our classes, those English classes and any other class that we do in English are 100% English taught by sometimes people that know zero Spanish. So that's almost impossible for those students to manage. So at, at this point, we're not doing any more really enrollment. We're allowing some of our class sizes to drop to be more around the 25 range instead of 30. And so we're really not having to deal with that recently. Yeah, it's probably the worst in the public school. We don't have a lot of problems with the, um, with the, pol- with the po- politicians. Because uh, actually the mayor of the school has her son in our school and she loves our school. Um, so that's, that is very helpful. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of pushback from the public schools. Um, from the beginning, we've had a lot of pushback. Uh, we lost a lot of students on our, in our third year, the year that we moved out to the campus. Um, especially in one battalion because a lot of lies that were being spread by the director of the public school. Um, saying that we didn't have our title and that the parents could potentially go to jail if they sent them to our school and, and that, um, uh, that they, if they graduated, they wouldn't be, have, be able to have their, their title or anything like that. None of that is true, of course, but obviously they're losing students. Um, I don't know if they really recognize the difference in level. Um, Surprisingly, they don't really recognize that, I don't think. 
even a lot of our students and families don't really recognize the level difference, the level gap, uh, just because of their, as, as a whole, the culture doesn't value education. So it's not something that they're evaluating. Oh, how are they doing this and that? They're not, parents aren't really doing that with their children and, and communities aren't really doing that with their schools. So, um, yeah, I think more of the kickback is just the fact that we're stealing their students. Okay. She asked about if somebody would want to come and help in the DR. What are the steps? Well, there's a few different ways that you can come and help. Uh, the simplest way is actually through uh, sending support. Okay. So you don't even have to get off of your – you can be right on your phone and do that. Um, the The next way is coming on like a short-term – team like you guys are planning on doing uh, this summer. Step above that would be doing something like an internship that several uh, young people in this uh, uh, congregation have already done. The internship program is going to change a little bit to where most of those will only be available in the summer. And then if you want to be a part of an internship during the school year, it will be through a TESOL certification. So you'd have to have your TESOL certification or be partway through your TESOL degree. That's teaching English as a second language or like an ESL style course. But the internships, uh, the basic internships will still be available through the summers in our VBS and camp programs. And then ultimately becoming a full-time missionary is always an option. And um, that just starts by contacting us and and uh, probably with a potential one-year commitment first. Um, that's actually Caleb Rodriguez, who is here. Now you can talk to him about that process because he's uh, taking those steps. Dude, I don't even know what those steps are hardly anymore. I'm, I'm out of that. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's doing that right now. So those are some different ways that you can get involved. There's child sponsorship programs. So if you uh, like sponsoring a child, that's how we raise all of the money for our school, uh, everything from teacher salary, salaries to bus uh, to, to transportation to food to school supplies, all of that is paid 100% by child sponsorship. So child sponsorship is something that's absolutely um, um, a necessity for us. Um, I think that pretty much covers, does that answer your question? I couldn't tell you the exact number, but it's gotten very low. I think we're sitting at like eight, something like that. Siri just started looking it up. Uh, yeah, I think it's like it's only like eight at this point. And it, it'll be an easy year for us in that in that respect, uh, because we're not bringing in 60 new three year olds. So uh, we'll have an, basically an entire year to get those eight sponsored. So that's not a real big push for us in the in the moment. Not that you can't do that if you want. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, she asked about curriculum and how we have to, what rules that we have to follow as far as curriculum and stuff goes. Yeah, we actually have two sets of curriculum that we follow because we do try to meet state standards. But then we also are having to meet the Ministry of Education there in the Dominican and their standards. And they have a lot of standards. Uh, most of them are just paperwork style standards, nothing that is actually beneficial, dare I say. Um, but um, there are a lot of steps and loops that we have to jump through 
uh, with them. They're out there all the time. They love us. They love coming out and checking up on us and making sure we're following all of their rules. This COVID time, they were loving that, all the, all the different mandates that we had to follow. They loved that time. So they were out to visit us very frequently. I think I'll save the rest. Sean's kind of giving me the eyeball. Uh, thank you guys again so much for, uh, for all your great questions, for all your guys' support, and uh, just for being there uh, for our family. It really does make an impact on a daily basis. Uh, the things that you guys do, your prayers, your support, and your encouragement. So thank you guys.